I'm Natalie Jackson, Director of Totally Runnable Limited and Nonprofit C Sporty B Sporty CIC, and welcome to C Sporty B Sporty. In this series, we're talking all things big challenges. Why? Because next week, I am taking on what might well be considered a crazy challenge to run 100 miles across Yorkshire in England. Totally Runnable and C Sporty B Sporty are based in Yorkshire and working in schools across the north of England to help measure and close the gender sport gap. I'll be raising awareness of the gender sport gap in primary schools, raising sponsorship that will go towards sending more of our role models posters of awesome girls aged 11 to 16 doing the sports that they love and the resources that go with them to more schools. My guest today is, for the first time this series in fact, not a runner, ta-da! Joe Mosley, ta-da! Joe Mosley is a joy encourager, beach cleaner, and a midlife adventurer. In summer 2019, she became the first woman to stand up paddleboard coast to coast, 162 miles from Liverpool to Gaul, picking up litter as she went. She is also host of the fabulous podcast and my most recent podcast, Discovery. I'm not claiming credit for the discovery myself, Joe. <laughs> but if other people have not discovered it, they are welcome to say that I um, sent them to you. The Joy of Sup, which is well into its second season now, so I am behind the times. If you haven't yet listened, whether you have ever thought about stand-up paddleboarding, whether you know what that is, we'll get into that in a second, um, I would absolutely recommend it. I have never yet ventured out on a sup. Get get the lingo. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm cool. very good. <laughs> if you have to claim you're cool, you're definitely not cool. Um, but what I love about your podcast, Joe, is the passion and real joy of the guests that you have. Um, many of them are awesome, inspiring women and their stories that have been so inspiring to me just, just listening to it, even from a completely don't know anything about the sport situation. So, Joe, that's the longest rambling intro you've ever heard. Welcome. Thank you so Hi. much. What a lovely welcome. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Really honoured. It is so lovely to have you, Joe. And we should give a shout out while we're here at this point to the Women in Sport North Conference because that's where we first met. Absolutely. Well done, Kate Hardcastle. I, I, sometimes yeah. I follow all these incredible people and I think, how do I know them? And I go back and I think, ah, oh, it was through Kate. So, yeah, absolutely. She does incredible things. And she is the spirit of all of this, isn't it? She, Her attitude is, um, you know, bridges not thrones you know always building each other yeah. up and yeah so um brilliant kate had yeah definitely and i cannot wait till we can have another women in sport north conference once the world gets a little bit oh that'll be lovely um so before we get to know you a bit better and find out all about stand-up paddleboarding because i am very interested especially in this lovely weather we're having while we're recording this it seems like a very good idea this week definitely um we are going to play our game 11 things everyone should know about joe mostly <gasps> Exciting. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, here goes. Cake or pie? Cake. Cats or dogs? Dog. Invisibility or super strength? <laughs> Sometimes I think my invisibility is my super strength. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Warm weather or cold weather? Good question. Um, I'm spring rather than hot summer. I, I actually really quite like cold weather, but I do also like sun. I like cold weather when the sun shines. Okay, combination. Uh, love actually or bend it like Beckham? Oh, there's some really problematic things in love actually. Um, mm. Yeah, I really I enjoy bend it like Beckham actually. Yeah, yeah. 
Good choice, good choice. Hot chocolate or coffee? Oh, hot chocolate. I don't drink coffee. <laughs> Digital watch or analog watch? I don't wear a watch. Neither. Love that. Best answer ever. Box sets or movies? Oh, gosh. I have to admit, I'm a bit of a Netflix binger. I can start and finish a season in a weekend. <laughs> oh, good going. Any recommendations currently? Uh, I just watched Lupin um, and Orthodox. Unorthodox, that was, yeah. Yeah, I can actually. Oh, and, and then for the ones where you don't really have to think much, something like Virginia River, where it's all out in the woods and you're not doing a lot of thinking, um, but lovely and pretty. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I feel that my endurance skills um, have been honed on Netflix and prior to that box sets, you know, in the old days of yeah. videos and all that stuff. So yeah, I think that's probably my endurance skill. Definitely. Training. It's training. training, it's training. Singing or dancing? Ooh, dancing. Uh, watching football or watching tennis? Tennis. And last question, cardio or weights? Oh, I probably do more cardio, but actually I know I sh as, at my age, I should definitely do more weights. And I, I have missed that actually, and I haven't been in the habit of it. So that is really where I need to um, build up my strength again. That's it, all done. Were they trickier than you thought? <laughs> no. Well, yes. Uh, one or two were, yeah. I always like to have a third way, you know. Cold weather with sunshine. <laughs> yeah. You go off menu. I like that. I'm all about going off menu. I think I'm old enough just to go off menu wherever I fancy. <laughs> so you are a stand-up paddleboarder and I am learning the lingo SUP. For someone who has no idea what that is, which was me probably three weeks ago. Um, tell us, tell us what it means. Tell us what it is. Stand-up paddleboarding is basically a paddleboard that looks a bit like a surfboard, but is often bigger and a bit wider and a bit thicker. Fins on the bottom. And the only way you can generally move is with a paddle. So it's sort of, you're standing there literally and using the paddle to move you through the water, using your body by holding the paddle into the water and then moving your body through the water. And you can do it on the sea, on a, on a lake, river, reservoir, harbour, canal, you know, all over. Lots and lots of different opportunities and disciplines within paddleboarding. Okay, and I love the question that you ask all the guests on your podcast, so I am going to ask you. If I said the word stand-up paddleboarding to you, what's the first word that comes to mind? Joy. <laughs> joy. I it's... thought you might say that. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's just a joy. And I was paddleboarding with a chat recently and I said, you know, these are the moments that I bank. These are the joy moments that I bank so that when life is difficult, as it is for all of us, I have these moments in my heart that I can remind myself there are good things out there. It's a bit rough right now, but there is joy. And it's like banking the blue sky. So when the clouds come, you still know the blue sky's there. Um, so for me, that's what paddleboarding does. It banks, the, I bank, I have the moments. I really live in the moment. I'm really grateful for the moment. And then I bank it in my heart. And so I know that when, you know, the rough days come, the, the good stuff is always there. So joy is my word. I love that. I love that too. And then we definitely all need to find something or multiple things that, that do that for sure. Um, how did you get into paddleboarding? How did that happen? Because it's a fairly new sport, I guess. Maybe not new to some people, but new to popularity. 
for a lot i mean when i paddleboarded coast to coast in 2019 i went 162 miles and i didn't see one paddleboarder and i had people saying to me what is that nowadays most people know what a paddleboard is so it is still relatively new one of my guests on the podcast learned in hawaii in 2007 but that's really rare even some of the you know the most well-known paddleboarding schools you know they started in 2013 14 so for me, I started because I had injured my knee. I'd been away for the weekend, injured my knee, was on crutches for a long time, in a lot of pain, feeling a bit low. And then in September 2016, I took my first paddleboarding lesson. And it was part of a project that I set myself to spend 30 minutes each day outside. Uh, and I called it Rain or Shine 30. And I started it on September the 1st, a bit like, you know, when you go back to school and it's like, yay. Um, and so yeah. I did that and um, and I took my first paddleboarding lesson on September the 24th, 2016, really because I wanted to do something that would be good for my core strength, but not hurt my knee. And the minute I stood up, I felt like, a, as I always say, I felt like a warrior, not a worrier. It was like suddenly I had that strength back that I had really lost over over the last few months, not being able to, to do much. So, yeah. And what, so you must have had a thought about trying it before then. What, where did you do that? Where, how did that come about? It could have been Instagram. You know, it could literally be. I have no idea. I, you know, I've racked my brain. I do have a post on my Instagram from 2016 saying this is something I'd like to try. But I don't know where I saw it. I'd always wanted to learn to surf. Um, and maybe I'd seen it somewhere like that and thought, this is a bit like surfing, but obviously different. So, um, yeah, I'd love to, re I'd love to see if I've got any record of when I first thought of it. So, um, but yeah, five years ago, um, and yeah, it's changed my life really, actually, if I'm honest. <laughs> and did you, how did you find the place you were going to go to? Did you just look online? Did you, where did you? Yeah, I just okay. researched it and said Lake District, you know, this was the closest place, went to the Lake District. And, um, it's funny because I, I was speaking to the guy who, um, he wasn't the instructor, but he was the chap that um, ran the course. Um, and I said, you know, you changed my life. You know, your company changed my life, really. So, um, yeah, amazing. I love it. Really love it. And you have changed other people's lives. I love that, like, domino effect. He has changed people's lives through you that actually he will never meet. Yeah, I guess, kind of. Yeah, yeah. So, um yeah, it is. It's passing it for paying it forward, isn't it? It's like starting a ripple and paying it forward and all those sorts of things. So, yeah, really good. Definitely. Well, and it's already rippling out because, I mean, I, I did say it was me. I was being a bit um, of an exaggerator a minute ago when I said I didn't know what paddleboarding was. I have seen people paddleboarding, again, on social media for, for a while, I guess, for years. And I have a couple of what I would call cool friends. <laughs> Who, who I've seen pictures of them doing it and I think that how do I get some of that but they don't live near me and um, I've never thought about you know the canals you live in Yorkshire I live in Yorkshire actually I've got a lot of canals I grew up on the Isle of Man I don't remember I've asked some some friends that I grew, grew up with I don't remember anybody being massively into water sports and I don't know if this was a surely there were people on the other one in the 90s who were into Wadsworth but they clearly just weren't in in my circle um and I have since we spoke actually a few weeks ago and um I've been listening to your podcast I have actually sent some messages to some places on the Isle of Man because I'm going over for a week in the summer in August 
So I would love to, to give it a go. Some of them are sea-based and I understand it's a bit tricky to like go on the sea. So there's a lake. There is, it, the, I think lake is sound. Lakes would be great to start off with. Yeah, definitely. I will let you know. Yeah, definitely. Please do. To be continued. <laughs> but yeah, you definitely, and your podcast has definitely inspired me and thought, made me think, do you know what? That is something I've, never seen myself I guess doing practically the and I, I, I that's why kind of why I'm asking how you did that because I've just looked on Facebook I've just searched on Facebook for for um stand-up paddleboard and um yeah so I, I will let you know well I wanted to speak to you because I remember seeing you do your coast to coast challenge um but that wasn't your first challenge was it you've you've have you always been motivated by challenges by setting yourself goals you did your 30 30 days of rain or shine like how are you a challenge? No, I don't person? think I am. I suppose I... So the first big challenge... So for, as a child, I loved being sporty. So I love what you do because it's all about giving girls that chance to move their body, you know. And I think so many girls, when they hit puberty, lose that. So when I was a little girl, I was always upside down, you know, the door frame of the kitchen. I was the one climbing up it. I did gymnastics. Um, playing in the sea, you know, we had our own Olympics on the beach in 1976, I, you know, loved it, loved it. And then like many girls, and you'll know this from your research, you know, puberty hits, you get really worried about your body shape, you get really um, told that who you are, you know, you should act like a girl, well, what does that mean? Um, and sport then became about two things for me, winning and competition and I'm not a competitive person I had so much competition through my academics I just did not want to be involved in competitive sport and it was about losing weight I saw no other nobody gave us any other reason in the 70s and 80s to move our bodies nobody talked about mental health teamwork confidence building you know none of that it was be competitive I didn't want to be competitive, lose weight. Well, I could just stop eating. So, you know, that was the messages that, that I got. So didn't enjoy it. And then in my 20s, did lots of outdoorsy things. So, um, and when I say I could just stop eating, I don't mean that flippantly because I did just stop eating. You know, I, you know, that, it, you know, I, I had, I didn't realise it at the time, but I had an eating disorder because I just didn't know where you know, life wasn't, uh, I wasn't. And it's all those messages, they're all those messages about you should be thin and you should be, and actually it's, you should be in control of these things. And yeah, the, and that hasn't, there's a lot of that hasn't changed these days. I've and, always yeah. got a certain shaped leg, but you know, I wanted to, legs like somebody else's, that sort of thing. So I just stopped eating. And and so um, in my twenties, I did lots of outdoorsy things and loved, loved, loved it, loved it. And then thirties and forties, children, marriage, miscarriage, um, no, marriage, children, miscarriage, divorce, all that stuff. So really sport was just, just like, oh God, I've got to go to the gym to lose weight. You know, none of that joy, didn't understand that joy. And then the first challenge really was when my mum died and I did um, my million meters and marathon for Macmillan Cancer. So I rode from, I rode a million meters, which basically equates from Edinburgh to Paris over eight months, 10 kilometers every other night on, on the rowing machine at the gym two half marathons and a marathon on the first anniversary of her death. And what I learned... That was 200 days in total, wasn't it? It was like a silly length of time. Amazing. Yeah, crazy, really. You know, my whole life was go to work, sort the boys out. You know, I'm a single mum, go to work, sort the boys out, do the homework, do the tea, go to the gym, row 10,000 metres. And it was never about getting fit. It was always about using my body somehow, A, to raise the money, 
but B, it was like um, there was a lot of grief, not just mum. There was grief about my divorce, my miscarriages. You know, life hadn't turned out as I thought it would. And all this grief had settled into my bones and moving it moved that grief out of my bones. You know, that's an, a reason nobody ever told me that moving your body could help with things like anxiety or grief. And I really, truly believe they can. And so I did that. We raised over £10,000 for Macmillan. And then I realised, wow, moving my body is not all about losing weight. My, it's not about being competitive. It's about finding joy and finding myself and having little escapes and having little adventures and just, just finding that sunshine in the world. Um, and so I went back to things like bodyboarding, swimming in the sea, hiking, snorkeling. And, you know, I admit, as you probably will do, there's not a huge amount that you can see when you snorkel in the North Sea often, but it's <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and just went back to all those things and then, then did the paddleboarding challenge. So um, have I liked challenges all my life? No, not really. Really only started in my 50s. No, 49 I was when, you know, I did the marathon five days before my 50th birthday. So, you know, it was really late that I came to these challenges. Um, and I don't see myself as a really competitive person. I just have things that I set myself that are a bit scary and then and then try and be brave enough to, to start them, really. Probably a bit like you. <laughs> I love that. And I think it's what I've loved about this podcast series, and I know it was different from the first series that we did, is that I've had the absolute privilege to speak to people like you who are absolutely role models for me in this sort of thing. And I love that you you're not necessarily motivated by sort of the challenge or you, or you haven't been always, but actually it's about what that challenge does what that physical challenge does in for the rest of your life or your existence or your mindset or and that grief thing I think you know I'm um heading into my late 30s I guess now so there's I think there's a lot of particularly with with friends with family that there's a lot of your 20s and early 30s that is just joyful and there's some that clearly isn't you know people have have things going on in their lives that isn't but that seems to be the exception rather than the rule whereas I think there are a lot as there's a lot more going on in in my circles and certainly with the pandemic and everything going on around things that are grief-filled and that are sadder and that you know you can't, it's not it's just not that simple it's not like a Disney princess fairy tale <laughs> is it and I think that that idea of being able to use physical activity is is brilliant and it's it's just so for mental health and all of those purposes I definitely feel you know it's it's definitely helped my mental health I, I was mentioning to you just before we pressed record that the last so I'm now I start my challenge on Monday it's Thursday now and and actually the last three weeks of tapering down my running I haven't been great I haven't like mentally I guess I haven't been great I haven't I don't like not running as much because I'm tapering down, like the physical side is you taper down in terms of you, you decrease your running so you've got more energy. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I definitely get a lot mentally out of my running. And I think that physical, it's that bit that, that you talk so, so well about because you've been through it, that actually the physical side helped you deal with grief of things like miscarriage that we don't talk enough about. Things like menopause, I've heard you talk about, you know, going through the menopause and that sort of, we don't talk enough about that. And Yeah, yeah. And I just yeah, feel I if I can you know you only i believe live once and if you can make a difference by um sharing your story to help other people make it easier for their journey then kind of um 
that's the way to go, really. I, that, that's the motto of my podcast, We Rise by Lifting Others. And that's what I believe it, it's here to do through podcasts, like through what you're doing, just to encourage people to see the power of movement for so many other things other than what I was told in the 70s it was about. So, yeah, definitely. And I think so many girls are, and boys, so many children are still told that today, but particularly girls, I think we still see, you know, so much in the media, we still see pictures of, you know, these Instagram lives of people and influencers and all of that. It is still very, there, there is a lot of that. And I think, yeah, it's, it is just such an important message. And that's why I love, love what you do. Yeah, thank you. I also love that you are just super honest about stuff. I, I read on your website when you decided to do your challenge, you actually didn't do it straight away, did you? You decided to do your like coast to coast and then actually you didn't for a while. Tell us about that. When I had my first lesson, September 2016, I just within weeks decided I wanted to do a big challenge. I'm not really sure why. I think at the time, if I'm honest, I was trying to prove things to myself. Um, you know, prove that I was good enough because, yeah, my divorce, miscarriages, the menopause, all those things were really undermining or had undermined my self-confidence and my self-belief and my self-worth as a person. So I thought, oh, if I do another challenge, maybe, maybe I'll be good enough if I do it. So maybe the motivation wasn't great at the time. And luckily, when I did eventually do it three years later, the motivation was very different. And I think I had more joy as a result. But I decided that I wanted to do this challenge and I wanted to go from Liverpool to Leeds, which is 128 miles along the canals, uh, the Leeds-Liverpool Canal. But when I told some people, the response was, um, that sounds quite boring, logistically quite difficult and also too big for a, a woman of your age. And I was only 51 at the time. Um, and so I put the dream away. Um, you know, I put it in the back of my head as a little dream that I would maybe one day do. I then revisited it and, and then I continued to build my confidence, you know, and, and what happened was I built my confidence, but then I also realized that actually I was enough. We are all enough simply for who we are, not for what we always achieve. You know, our worth isn't based on our achievement. It's just who we are. We are inherently worthy, you know, worthy of stuff. And, um, and so when I revisited it in 2019, it was for very different reasons. So, one was that my youngest son was going off to university and I realised I'd be like a single mum, empty nester. And I didn't want to be that mum that was forever on the phone going, what are you doing? What are you having for tea? Can I come visit? I wanted him and his brother to have, you know, the lives that they wanted to lead without their mum sort of nagging the whole time. And also in the space of about six months, five of my girlfriends had died. Um, four for cancer, one uh, another sort of very um, unusual thing. And they weren't all from the same kind of group. They were like school mem school mums, people that I vaguely knew, people that I knew really well. But they were all really vibrant, creative, wonderful women. That if you bumped into them in the street, you'd go, Oh, I'm really glad I met her. You know, she's always lived she yeah. they always just they each had just something about them that was just like a, a light. It was just lovely and different and giving and generous. And I thought, you know, life is very short and precious. And the best way that I can honour their lives is by, in some way, living life to the full and trying to make a difference. And so I realised that I might not complete the challenge, but at least I had to give myself the chance to try to complete the challenge. I had to get to the starting line and, and do my best. But if I didn't try, I wouldn't know. 
And so I revisited the challenge um, and instead of doing Liverpool to Leeds, I thought, oh, I'm just going all the way to the coast. And I literally remember sitting at a friend's house <laughs> and he's got an Arga and I was, it, was a, it was a cold January day. And I was sitting on this little stool in front of the, in front of the Arga and I was kind of on Instagram, hashtag Leeds Liverpool Canal. And I looked at all these really pretty pictures and then I just stood up and I went, you know that thing I was going to do a few years ago? And he was like, yeah, what was that joke? Because I can be a little bit random, you know, start a conversation, no context. So, you know, that whole paddleboarding thing and he's like, yeah. I said, right, I'm going to do it. He said, what, Liverpool to Leeds? I said, no, I'm going to go all the way across the country to Goul, 162 miles. He said, wow, how, how, have you, how long have you thought about that? Then I went, about five minutes. <laughs> Five minutes and three years, no. you know, five minutes and three yeah. years. And, and at that yeah. point, it was like, I don't care what people say. I don't care whether they think I can do it or not, because I'm here. I'm 54. My friends aren't here. I have a chance to do something to make a difference with my fundraising. I have an obligation somehow to try and do that. And if I can make a difference, I, you know, I'm here and I can do it. I'm lucky enough. I have a job that allows me annual leave that I can do it. You know, or, you know, I got the opportunity to do it. I should try and make a difference. Um, so yeah, it was three years in the making, but by the time I did it, my motivation was very different. I didn't do it to make myself feel that I was worthy. It was, I know I'm worthy. Now my motivation is to make a difference. I hope that's answered do, your do question. Do you think... <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely. I couldn't remember I the question by the end of it. <laughs> I, I can't, to be honest, Joe. Whatever you answered, it was probably better than the question. Um, the, that What I love about it, and have you thought about this, I guess, those people who you who said oh it's boring or you shouldn't be trying this at your age or you know women and I mean a woman had never done it at that point either so that's like a um, you maybe you didn't know but uh, that is that sort of thing but those people who said that they were almost part of that process that evolution for you I guess weren't they they were almost like part, not not in a positive way from their angle it, I mean it was probably nothing to do with you it was probably them thinking about their own stuff and whatever. Exactly. And I think it was just one of those flippant comments because it was a Christmas do, you know, don't, he, he didn't remember it afterwards. Um, you know, another, yeah, people don't necessarily know that when you, when you share your dream in your heart, that someone else's response can make a really big difference. And I know some people would go, well, stuff you, I'll do it anyway. And in a way I did, but it took me three years to get to that point. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, like, that was part of that. You needed to learn to do that yourself and whatever. But I've, I've definitely had people, when I said I was going to run across Yorkshire, I've had people that I've shared that with at the point when, and it comes to this thing about, um, so Glennon Doyle has a book called Untamed and, and she talks about how it's um, more common for women to, poll their friends to get their opinion like that's how you work out your opinion and she sort of says like boys don't necessarily do that in the same way and and she talks about how you know how we bring bring girls and boys up differently and and I definitely feel like I I poll things I go so this I'm so I'm thinking about this and you're like waiting for their answer and seeing how you feel and and some of that is is because I verbalize quite a lot that's how I make my decisions and but some of it I think people you're right people don't realize the impact of their words and I definitely and I think people maybe maybe like you I guess I imagine people will think, oh, you're, you're one of those people who does things like this. And I think people think that with me. And when I say, I'm going to run across Yorkshire, in the first few times I was saying that, I was saying, I'm thinking about doing this. 
I feel like I'm brave enough to say it to you. And the what I did have, most people were like, okay, like, well, we've seen her do, you know, other things before that seem a little bit crazy. Like, let's see. But I did definitely have at least one or two people who said, why? Are you sure? Seems, seems quite hard. Why would you do that? It's quite hilly. And it's like, it's a lot of running. Well, well yeah. So it is, and it's, it is true. Like it's, and then you, I felt, yeah. But and I, that's definitely a reaction for me. I've then had to go through it and go, do you know what? No, this is the reason I'm doing it. And this is, this is why. So yeah, I definitely, I take a lot from, from your story there, definitely. Yeah, we um, do pull. And, and well, I still do. I still, if I want to do something, like I'm making some big changes, hopefully in the next few months, I still do pull, but more just to see what other people's reactions are, but not, to be determined by other people's reactions but yeah yeah my sons don't poll other people they just make a decision which um, yeah I, I yeah Glenn and Doyle's right yeah and it's a great book great great book oh I love her her podcast as well actually really good I love love her um so I want to mention the environment stuff because you do so much great stuff around the environment. And I was trying to think, I wanted your advice about how I could maybe do something similar. You do a lot with the two minute beach clean and you do your two minute litter picks. Tell us how, tell us about that. So the two minute beach clean foundation for which I'm now an ambassador um, is basically a charity that encourages all of us to take just two minutes a day to pick up litter wherever we are share it on our social media and encourage others to do the same. And I wanted to raise enough money for three beach clean boards and we actually raised enough money for four, which is great. Um, and they're just put in places just to remind people what the difference they can do to, to make a difference, but also to remind people not to, um, to drop litter. And also places where there is litter, people add to it. Places where there aren't, isn't litter, people are much more careful about it. So if you have a nice clean place free of litter, then more people will then just, this, the research shows more people will look after it. Um, and so that's what I did. I picked up litter along the route. Um, I fundraised for the two minute beach clean. And I have a, a little motto, which is, I can't change the world, but I can change the little bit around me. And I do that with my beach cleaning, but also I do it just like with my podcast. You know, I do it with everything I try and do, which is, I'll, you know, when I was younger, I thought I could change the world and I realised single-handedly that was probably not going to happen. But I can just make little ripples of difference. Um, and if I do it, then somebody else might do it and then somebody else might do it. And it's just all together, we can all just make a difference around us. So, um, yeah, that's what I do with the beach clean. It's It's not shouty. It's just a very kind community across the world of barefoot warriors you know that's literally it and we all just make a difference in our own way and together all those little differences make up to one big difference so and it's not the solution the solution isn't picking up litter but sometimes it's the gateway to finding out about plastic pollution and climate crisis so it's not the solution we need manufacturers to make a difference but it's a start and sometimes people feel overwhelmed with the magnitude of a problem so they do nothing and this is saying yes it's pretty bad but we can at least do something so that's the way it's just and if we style. all do a tiny thing actually yeah. it adds up to yeah a huge yeah there's amount. 14 million pieces of litter end up in the canals each year Five hundred thousand. this is according to the canal and river trust Five hundred thousand of those pieces end up by the ocean and then out to sea and so we need to 
you know what we do inland can make a huge difference to what we what happens out out uh, you know out at sea so and to the wildlife obviously inland too I can definitely do something while I'm running, I'm sure. I think it never really, I, and I, this is to my shame, I guess, it never really crosses my mind if I see litter to pick it up. I bet a lot of people maybe think the same, but it just does, I think, I, I think I would often go, isn't that awful? And actually then not. And then you go away and you go home thinking, isn't that awful? Whereas when you pick it up, at least you've made, it was awful, but now it's not awful. <laughs> Yeah, so it's so simple though. I think, like, yeah, okay, definitely. I can definitely do it. Like, I'm, I'm running a long way, so there's going to be litter, really, isn't there? Um, okay, yeah. Um, I want to know what your advice is for me. So I'm a few days out now. Um, I have worried a little bit over the last week or so, and I'm not really sure what even what I'm worrying about. I think I just need to get on with it. Your challenge was, in terms of the people that I've interviewed, probably the most, obviously different because I'm running and you were paddleboarding, but similar in you did sort of 11 days and I'm doing seven. So it's a similar sort of time frame. It's not a massive, great, big, you know, months long challenge, but what's, what's your advice for me at this point? Um, I would say... Sometimes getting to the start point is the hardest bit. Once you're on it, it becomes easier because that's all you have to think about. Getting to the start point, you've got a lot of variables. Once you're doing it, the variables reduce. You know, you're literally able to, and, and particularly as a busy working mum, you've got a lot of things going on outside of it. So once you get there, I think you'll find it's a lot simpler and you can just really focus on it. I would congratulate yourself for getting to the start line you know, giving, you know, think, wow, I've actually got this far. Um, I would absolutely say live in the moment as much as you can, you know, really absorb the experience, the good, the bad. I would say that you will have the adrenaline and the enthusiasm of the start and you'll have the excitement of the finish. And then you'll have the bit in the middle. <laughs> the lull. There's going to be a lull. That's <laughs> what, you know, that's day two, as Brenny Brown calls it in, um, I can't remember which yep. book, Rising Strong. It's the middle bit. It's the bit where you just got to grind it out. Not every day, but, you know, the first two or three days, it was amazing. Rain, but I was a warrior in the rain. Third day, fantastic. The sun was shining. Fourth day, the rain came the weed came, I went the wrong direction on the canal, I was in tears, it was awful. Five, six, you know, and you've got that bit in the middle, which the adrenaline has dropped, but you you can't see the end, and you just got to grind it out. And I'm kind of a bit like that with various projects at the moment, you just got to grind it out, but know that that's all part of the process, you're not alone in thinking that, it's not any reflection on your mental attitude or your resilience or your endurance or your ability to complete it. You're just in that day two. Just that's where the that's where the magic happens when you, you know, it's easy at the beginning and it's easy at the end. But the middle bit is where you become the person that you're becoming through the challenge. So if it's hard and you don't want to do it, that's exactly when you need to do it. Does that does that make sense? That's the bit that's going to transform yeah. you. That's the bit that okay. tell, that makes you the makes you the winner. That you're doing it. Even, I mean, you might not find that. You might find you your adrenaline keeps you flowing. But if it doesn't, know that there's nothing unusual about that. 
that you just have to keep going and that that it's in that magical messy moment that the sort of real gnats experience of this comes so just live each day as you can take it step by step literally definitely would obviously i'm sure you've thought all about your nutrition and your hydration i didn't the first yeah. day i was so excited i didn't eat and drink enough and i got okay. to the where we slept and um i thought oh my god i'm really dizzy maybe i can't paddleboard and it was just i hadn't eaten and drink drunk enough um and just yeah enjoy it enjoy it enjoy all the hard bits and the easy bits and the tears and the joy and it's all part of it you know it's not a linear thing you don't start and end it's an uppy downy in the outy forwards backwards um but if you in if you realize that the journey is the the thing not the destination um and be yeah be lean into i know it sounds easy to say but lean into the discomfort as well and say this is just this hurts but as long as you're not injured and everything you know as long as you're sensible about your body um if these are the moments where you sort of test out who you are really when it's wet and you're tired and you don't want to go on yeah and you're crying it's all a bit miserable and it's all a bit it, that all of that joe feels like i've got like two hats on one for the challenge it feels like such good practical advice but i feel like that is the advice that we all just need to hear for always isn't it like that's just life such good life advice yeah that's just life you know when i was making a little film that won um not the main film brave enough but i made a little film called four not four called found at sea for the four seasons adventure film festival and i had about a week to do it and i and i was trying to get it together and it was a one minute film but you'd be surprised how long a one minute film takes to make and I remember sitting and my heating wasn't working and it was cold and I was sitting by the radiator with my coat on after work thinking, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. Why am I doing this? Why have I set myself a challenge to get this film in? This is just awful. I hate it. I hate it. But, you know, I look back and I thought, this is just that hustle and the grind. You don't get from A to B with about a bit in the middle, which is going to be tough. And now when things like, and then I eventually did, I submitted it, it won an award. I show it every night when I do my yep. WI talks, people say, that's lovely. I'm going to make my own little film. They cry, we laugh, all that. But, you know, <laughs> so worth it. it was so worth it in the end. So worth it. Um, I was, I was an awarded, I didn't get to see it on the big screen because um, COVID hit and we weren't allowed to go to wow. London. But I won a, a dry robe, which um, is fabulous, but I don't have it now. My dad sits in it when he's cold and he sits at the coast <laughs> with his binoculars out to sea wearing my lovely big dry robe. So, you know, my dad got a dry robe out of it. Um, he has done well. I've heard people talk about these dry robes on your podcast. I need to do some research. I've heard that they're a big deal. But yeah, it's sort of, it, 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 that bit in the middle is the magic. And I use those moments from the canal to remind myself I'm just in those days that I didn't really, nobody was cheering me on. It was just, I was out there doing it on my own. And the only way I could do it was literally stroke by stroke, paddle by paddle, you know, moment by moment. So yeah. So if you have a lull, it's totally normal. And just live in, live in the moment, live, you know, and think, God, I'm so lucky that I get to do this. You know, when yeah. you just spend seven days running and tweeting and yeah. fundraising or whatever, you know, whatever. Just live in the yeah. moment. Ah, uh, yes. 
Super helpful. And even better because you've mentioned the film. Tell us about Brave Enough before we finish. Yeah, so Brave Enough is a film that a filmmaker, Frit Tam, and I made. Um, Frit asked if I would like a filmmaker. And I was like, well, yeah, okay, that's nice. Thinking, oh, <laughs> you know, nobody will want to spend more than a couple of days with me. But in the end, Frit stayed eight of the 11 days. We made a film called Brave Enough, A Journey Home to Joy. Um, it's 57 minutes long. We have a festival cut of 40 minutes. We had our own screenings at the beginning of the year, um, four sellout online screenings. It was shown at Sheffield Adventure Film Festival last weekend, which, or two weekends ago, which is extraordinary. Uh, we've entered it to Kendall and all sorts of film festivals. We will put it on Vimeo On Demand later in the year. Um, Adventure Uncovered are going to put it on their online film festival this summer. So um, that'll be in the show notes, I guess. But it's just a... it's. Yep the film of the journey so it's the journey from kind of crying in a supermarket eight years ago thinking i had nothing to give um menopause single mum both mum and dad were going through chemo to that moment when i crossed the finishing line in ghoul um and two things about it one it is not a mountaintop story it's not look at me on the mountaintop what a hero i am it's the opposite it is walk with me let's hold our hands and walk through the valleys film um you know it's not look at me it's who it's it, it's very much about showing vulnerability and rawness and what it's like to be a middle-aged mother trying to make a difference very raw there's a lot of tears and a lot of scar mascara down my face and the second thing is that it is my story but actually it's a lot of women's stories you know, it's a, it's it touches on themes that a lot of women go through um, menopause, miscarriage, divorce, anxiety, grief, you know, losing your mum, feeling lost. So whilst it's my story, my hope is that a lot of women and some men will see their lives in it and they will feel encouraged. I never set out to inspire people, but I do set out to encourage people to look for their joy and look for what brings you know smiles to their soul you know lifts their soul so it's not mountaintop it's walk through the valleys let's hold our hands together and it's my story but hopefully others will see themselves in it um and we were at Sheffield and um and it was part of a film selection it was the last one so people didn't know who this you know they were going to see other ones and then maybe ours was was there at the end and um, Frit and I were sitting in the in the in the cinema, and there was a couple of women and a chap, and the chap left, and I was like, Frit, Frit, he's leaving, and Frit was like, keep calm, and um, you know there was a whole room of people, but these were just on our row, sorry, not just three people, you know there was a whole cinema of people, and these were people on the row, so the chap left, and then the woman left, and I was like, Frit, Frit, she's going too, Frit was like, calm down, Joe, calm down. And then obviously they came back because they'd just been to the loo. <laughs> so they weren't leaving. And they realised, obviously, and I was like, God, why am I panicking? Because these people don't know me. They didn't know the story. They just happened to be in a film selection and mine was one of it. Ours was one of it. And then they obviously realised that the person they'd squeezed past was the person on, crying on the, on the film on, in, on the screen. And when the lights came up, I just sort of sat there and I looked over. And this chap, who must have been about 38, you know, not really my demographic, just sort of went, that was one of the most amazing films I've ever seen. Just well done. And I was like, really? And the women were crying and they were like, 
we we not like sobbing but you know tears and they yeah. were like yeah we really one was like i really relate to that but for me when my mum died it was climbing and they you know people came up and said that was extraordinary and so that is it it's not a mountain top it's hopefully relate you know a lot of people can relate to it um so yeah it'll be on vimeo on demand later but you can see all my stuff on joemosley.com or on my instagram and twitter so thank you I can't remember if I even answered the question then. (laughs) Yes, you did. You did. Yeah, definitely. So um, just uh, remind us again where we can find out more about you, follow your journey from here. So I'm mainly on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm at healthyhappy50, so healthy, happy, five-o. I mean, I'm 56, so I'm going to have to change it to 60 soon. <laughs> you can't keep changing it. You have to do it, change it every year. <laughs> yeah, um, and I'm also, my podcast is the Joy of Sup podcast underscore on um, Instagram. And my website is joemosley.com. And I should be more on LinkedIn and Facebook, but I can't do all of it. I want to spend less time on social media and more time out on the water. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, Brave Enough Film and the Joy of Sup podcast. Um, and yeah. But there's lots of things on my website and my film Found at Sea is on my website. So you can see the film that I was making sitting next to the radiator, cursing myself. (laughs) It's only a minute long, that one. (laughs) Jo, we are out of time, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story and your advice. I know you're not setting out to be inspiring, but it is. Oh, that's, well, encouraging. That's the word I like, encouraging. But, and good luck. I think you're going to be amazing and (laughs) I will follow you and retweet. And yeah, I mean, what a joy just to spend time in Yorkshire. What a joy. Definitely, definitely. And we need to get together at some point. Yeah, yeah, but enjoy and and I will follow your journey. So thank you very much for having me. And it's a huge honour. Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to Sea Sporty, B Sporty's Challenges season, all about taking on big challenges. For more of the same, you can follow at Totally Runnable on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn or Instagram. And you can follow my journey at hashtag Running Yorkshire. You can follow my Running Yorkshire journey on social media using hashtag Running Yorkshire. And if you'd like to sponsor me or find out more about my route, you can go to localgiving.org slash Running Yorkshire 2021. That's localgiving.org slash Running Yorkshire 2021. And if you're enjoying Sea Sporty, Be Sporty, we would be forever grateful if you could leave us a review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. For independently produced podcasts like us, it really does make a massive difference to how far a message goes. And you know that is what we are all about. Thank you to everyone who has already left us a message. It really does mean a lot. <laughs>